2: On everybody, happy Wednesday, and welcome to season five, episode two of the DFS Pick Six. And once again, like I am every week, I'm Eric Crane, joined by two of the absolute best in the biz. We got Lord Reeves, Rich Freebar. What's up, Reeves?
3: What's going on, guys? You know, week two. We made it week one. Be honest, man. Week one kind of felt pretty normal. But like I don't know how you guys felt about watching the games, but it kind of just felt like nothing really out of the like, it didn't feel like it was, like, going to feel. Like, I was expecting it to be, like, either bad football or kind of feel spacious. And it just
2: felt like regular games, man. Yeah, it was, it was – strange. look, any time, like, the Washington defense was crushing it, I'm going to feel a little bit strange. But, uh, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a pretty normal week, honestly. The chalk got there last week. Um, I told you guys pre-show how I felt about that. And um, we're hoping to get it a little bit better this week. Not that we were bad last week, but your boy over here was not a good week for your boy. John Dagle, how was NFL week one for you?
1: To be fair, I joined you in fading Josh Jacobs altogether, so All right. the chalk right. hit, and thus we did not hit. But it's okay. I, I, this is I a new I saw week. You
2: shopping for nooses too, so that's. Great. This
1: is a new week. We're okay. We're gonna be just fine.
2: Yeah. Okay. I like it.
1: There you go. I like it when Crane's happy. It was pre-show, <laughs> I was worried, but now five minutes later, I, think I always, I it. always
2: say that they should give uh, the pre-show like a uh, camera to the premium nope. subscribers. Like no, they wouldn't
1: show up. Nope. <laughs>
2: No Uh, no one wants to
3: see how the sausage is made, man.
2: I bet it's so bleeping true. But, of course, we're going to be making some (laughs) sausage. We're going to be making some cheese tonight because we're going to be talking about three of our favorite games. We're going to be talking about quarterbacks, running backs, uh, wide receivers. And we're going to start it off in a spot where you guys better get used to this because we're going to be talking about Panthers games for, I don't know, when's their bye week? Every week except for their bye week, we're going to be talking about... I love that Dagle has the bye week memorized. It's kind of amazing, and I don't know, man. Like, he, well, that's the FFF, FFPC FFPC
3: weeks. So everyone yeah. knew, like, what do you do oh, that's oh, first that's week in right, the 14. playoffs? I remember yeah, that. Everyone, everyone's and like, bucks. what do we do? <laughs> yeah, what do we do with Chris McCaffrey? If he's on bye. Turns out you just draft him.
2: Yeah, you, yeah. you just <laughs> play him, and um, yeah, you just do well. By the way, Brent G, I see you type. Or Brent G, I see you typing in the YouTube chat. If you're in the if you're watching this live, go ahead and check us out. Rotogrinders.com slash video, of course. We're in the YouTube chat hanging out, having a good time. Let's talk about the Panthers and the Bucks. So it's a 47 and a half point total. Tampa Bay, nine and a half point favorites at home. We saw Tom Brady. I don't know if you want to say he struggled in the first start. Two interceptions, one pick six in that Bruce Arians offense. Looked okay. You know, the 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 noodle arm maybe doesn't show up till uh until it gets a little bit cooler outside Carolina you guys know I was all over that Carolina game last week Unfortunately, it was the running backs that crushed for the Panthers and the Raiders so Daniel I see you nodding your head talking about being on Carolina last week I know you were there I know you're going to be on Tampa a little bit this week where are you going with this game because according to Vegas it's supposed to be the running backs you know it's supposed to be Ronald Jones Leonard Fournette I don't like any of these guys tell me what's going on with the Bucs side
1: yeah, like you said, the books are implied you scored the third most points 28.5 on this slate. I genuinely think, though, it should be three points higher because, yes, the Bucs led the entire league in run play rate and neutral game script against the Saints. So I do worry about the volume for Brady, but there's never been a better time given the implied total, given the fact that Carolina missed the second most tackles last week uh, for Brady and, in particular, Mike Evans coming off of that 4 target game. Now the good news is, Mike Evans moves away from Marshawn Lattimore since Lattimore basically built a house in his jersey on Sunday. But we also have coach speak going for Evans since Arians came out and said he hates the fact that Evans didn't get at least 10 targets on Sunday. And Evans has seen four or fewer targets in only two full games the past three years, two full games as well under Bruce Arians the past two seasons, and both those games were against Marshawn, Lattimore, and the Saints. Last time this happened, the following game, they also played the Panthers. Last time this happened against the Panthers, it was 17 targets the following week for Mike Evans. So given all of that, I think Mike Evans is in a terrific bounce back spot. I want Brady against this soft defense, despite what we think about his noodle arm. And I'm sure Rich has some takes on the Bucks' backfield as well.
2: All right, let's hear it, Reeves, because if you have takes on the Bucks' backfield, man, you are braver than I am because I, it feels like whatever I do, I'm going to get it wrong. I know Ronald Jones was decent last week. Leonard Fournette still picking up this offense. You have to think that eventually Fournette's going to take this job. Is it going to be this week? I mean, where are you going with Tampa this week? Yeah. It's an interesting
3: development. I love Mike Evans and spot and, you know, Mike Evans, you know, doesn't have to deal with James Bradbury anymore either. He always had to contend with all these different weird cornerbacks in the NFC South. Bradbury has gone. So, you know, g- wheels up for Mike Evans. Uh, Brady, I thought looked pretty good from an arm strength stance. And, you know, he, he threw some some long balls on the money. A lot of them turned into penalty yards, but uh, instead of catches, but he he was winging it around a little bit. Uh, definitely one bad one to Janoris there, but uh, I like Brady in a bounce back spot, even for as bad as people thought he was. I mean, he still was. He still had twenty fantasy points and was the QB thirteen last week. Definitely think he goes up from that point total to in this game uh, because just we want to play everyone against Carolina. It Doesn't even matter who you have. Uh, you know, I, mean, I tweeted out before we got on the show the. The Panthers allowed three or more touchdowns to their opponents in 13 straight games going back to last year. That's the longest streak in the NFL since the 1963-64 season. In the past five games, allowed four or more touchdowns. And they've allowed multiple rushing touchdowns in their past six games dating back to last year. So I think you do definitely just blind faith some, some running production here. For at least one week, I mean, Bruce Arians did tell the truth. I mean, it was Ronald Jones. I mean, he handled 73% of the backfield touches. It was the ninth highest rate among all running backs the NFL last week, he ran into a tough matchup and had still had 82 total yards and had, you know, a 20 yard reception called back, uh, he handled 17 to 22 touches. I mean, it was, it was his job. Uh, will Leonard it definitely probably start in- inking up over the six touches he had? Sure, but I mean right now I still think Ronald Jones is a very interesting you know play here at his price. I think that there's definitely touchdown you know equity to be had here based on the team total and the amount of touchdowns like I said the Panthers have routinely allowed. So I don't really have a problem playing Ronald Jones. Eventually we will get probably. Lucy with the football, Charlie Brown with, with Lucy pulling the football on us on Ronald Jones. But, uh, you know, I still think this is the time to strike early in the year based on week one too.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you want to play Rojo, go for it, and I get it. You know, somebody's scoring for Tampa Bay. You know, one of these running backs are going to score. And it ain't going to be LaShawn McCoy. It could be Rojo. <laughs> it could be Leonard Fournette. I don't think we're going to see Brady on any uh, quarterback sneaks. You know, Dagan, we've got the Chris Godwin situation too. We're in with the concussion mm. protocol today. How concerned are you about Godwin? Because if he misses, all of a sudden – We're going to have a little Scotty Miller value. What do you think here about, you know, just the whole Chris Godwin situation?
1: Rodney Miller looked good. Uh, they manufactured plays for him. like They were calling screens specifically for him, which stands out as cheap value, which is what we want if we're trying to fit in Christian McCaffrey. So unfortunately, Mike Evans' ownership will increase if Chris Godwin's out, and I do prefer Evans over Godwin if they're both healthy. Godwin's a weird one, though, just because you know these concussion syndromes typically happen 24 hours afterwards, it's been two days, and they said nothing was out of the normal. And suddenly on Wednesday morning, they said just something popped up and they moved him to the league's protocol. So I don't know what's going to happen with Godwin. But again, if they both play, I still prefer Evans anyhow.
2: Yeah, and another guy that they're talking about in the chat, and Reeves, I feel like I'm a year younger right now because they're talking about OJ Howard. They're sitting here saying they run a lot of two tight end sets. And I understand he did better than, well, he did basically all of last year. I'm not playing Gronk. Like I, I will probably go this whole season without any Gronk exposure. OJ Howard though, Reeves. What are we doing with Howard? Any interest there in tournaments? I mean, it's still
3: yeah. It's even you're chasing a touchdown. That's what you're doing. You're doing what you did last week. I mean, uh, he still was way under. You know the the snap rate of Gronk, uh, and he ran two fewer pass routes than Gronk. I mean, 19 pass routes in the context of the game. You say yeah, they ran some. You know, two tight end stuff. But 19 pass routes in the context of all tight end pass routes that you can play on the slate definitely isn't a lot of pass routes to latch on to so i mean you're definitely still just chasing a touchdown there uh for him uh if godwin misses though if godwin misses i mean you just play scotty miller man he had, the dude had six targets and 70 yards uh had a chance for a, another long play if his six targets turn into eight targets or nine targets at his price i mean you just you just do it man
2: yeah, and again, you just play guys in the Berserian's offense and you play guys against the Panthers. So really all these bucks are perfectly viable. Now the Panthers side, a little bit trickier because they are nine and a half point underdogs. Christian McCaffrey, of course you can play him any week, but at 10,000 bucks over on DraftKings Day, is he in play for you this week?
1: It's like you said, the question isn't if McCaffrey will hit. McCaffrey always hits. The question is, can he return a 10K salary for the second week in a row on DraftKings? And I have my doubts. Last year in two games against the Bucs, remember, McCaffrey totaled, didn't average, totaled 38 carries for 68 yards and a touchdown and six catches for 42 yards and another touchdown. Not what we want from our 10 K players. So I think the pivot would be one of these Carolina receivers. We called it correctly last week. We didn't know which one is going to hit and the usage was expected at least 31 routes for all three of their starting wideouts, at least eight targets for all three of the starting wideouts. And it was actually DJ Moore who produced the least in the box score, but led the team in target share. I'm still going to have DJ Moore if I'm running back a double stack with Brady, Jones, and Mike Evans. The issue is that fantasy players have gotten so much smarter, particularly in DFS. And so like, I just feel DJ Moore, especially since his salary, like a place on FanDuel, isn't increasing what it should increase. Uh, he's still going to be high on this week.
2: Yeah, and we saw a guy, you know, if you were a throbby for Robbie last week, he did pretty well. Eight targets, six catches, 28 and a half points in fantasy last week. Reeves, it's, I mean, He's just one of these guys that if he hits a big play, you're going to need him. If he doesn't hit a big play, sorry, are you throbbing for Robbie this week? Uh
3: I mean like Dale said, they had they had kind of all kind of identical usage in a sense, except for Samuel. I mean, Moore and Anderson definitely they, they, they had almost identical depths of targets. Uh DJ Moore did have two end zone targets, and that's been the bug for his career. I mean, he had 10 t- total end zone targets his first two seasons. So he didn't convert them, but getting two end zone targets was a, a nice, you know, positive, you know, ray of sunshine uh, for him in week one. It means they were drawing up plays for him and he was the first read on some plays near the near the goal line. So definitely some potential to there to hopefully latch onto over the course of the Season, um, Robbie Anderson. If he doesn't hit that big play, I mean, we're probably not talking to about him except for just uh, you know the targets. Uh, but you know, they didn't use Robbie Anderson strictly as just a vertical target. I mean, his A dot was just eleven point eight yards. They used him in that Matt Rule offense. I mean, that Joe Brady get the ball out, you know, out of the out of Teddy Bridgewater's hands and get the ball to their playmaker. Samuel's probably a little concerning just because. He seems to be the guy that if McCaffrey gets more targets, they'll cut into Samuels because where his, you know, depth of target was uh, just six and a half yards compared to that, you know, 14 and a half yard eight out of, he had, you know, a year ago uh, when he was just strictly like a downfield bomber and, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting spot. I mean, DJ Moore wasn't high owned last week. A lot of people still weren't on him. Um, I don't I'm know. Still, if I'm surfing. I'm
2: hanging on him, buddy. I'm I'm going right back to the well because well he, I not I, a lot I, of
3: people his ownership wasn't high I and mean, he was in like that that weird purgatory pricing. Um, mm-hmm. I played some of him and he just didn't hit. Um, definitely not, you know, displeased with the process that got me there. Um yeah, I, th- I think he's like the most obvious play. I think that McCaffrey is a definitely a, in a spot to go under ownership on him. he he went to 10-5 on FanDuel too, where you don't even get full PPR. Um him to return 10-5 value over there seems pretty nuts when you can just play Derek Henry and Ezekiel for 2k cheaper. Um I mean, yeah, it's tough. I think it's a tough spot for McCaffrey to really pay off. Like, in a season-long league, you're definitely not scared of the matchup or running away, but I think his ceiling is probably, like, in the area of, like, 20 to 25 PPR points as, like, a best-case outcome – uh, instead of dropping me on those 30 point weeks. But uh, yeah, if you're going to run it back, I think you run it back with more. Um, maybe you get cute with Robbie Anderson and chase, maybe even cute with Ian Thomas, but um, this offense for the Carolina Panthers looks a lot similar to what we expected the Arizona Cardinals to look like a year ago when they just didn't have the horses. I mean, all like intermediate targets and just peppering their receivers, no team targeted receivers more in week one than the Carolina Panthers. Um, and that's something that I think we're going to see happen on a regular basis.
2: Yeah, and you know, even if they don't score the points, especially in DraftKings and PPR formats, I think all these guys are in play. I'm likely not going to chase Robbie Anderson, but DJ Moore at 6-3 in a game where they should be throwing the ball a ton. And they want to throw it a ton anyways. They're going to have to throw it even more in this matchup, though. I like Moore quite a bit. Let's move on to the Vikings at the Colts, a couple of teams that disappointed in week one, especially if you were, uh, if you were in any survivor leagues. You're not very happy with the Colts right now. They are three-point favorites at home against Minnesota in a 48 and a half point total. The big news here, of course, Marlon Mack. He gone. Everybody oh. drafted Marlon Mack saying, well, you know, he'll hold the job for a little bit. hold Jonathan Taylor off towards ACL. He is done for the year, which means, Dagle, we have Mr. Jonathan Taylor going to get all the work for the Indianapolis Colts. Against also. Minnesota. You
1: what? I said also going to get all the ownership.
2: Yeah, that's true. I know, hey, 5.7K, and he's, look, we got to project projected at 30% right now. I'll take the over on that. But look, with these running backs that get action and they're home favorites, and we know the Colts, when they're at home leading, they just like to pound the hell out of these running backs. I, I think he's good chalk, man. What about you?
1: I do as well. I don't want to say he's a free square at 5,700 because it is certainly possible Naeem Hines comes in and steals touches and touchdowns inside the five. But we were most worried about – Jonathan Taylor's hands coming out of Wisconsin since they were projected to be at best league average. And in his very first week, six targets, six catches. And we know what he does when he gets the ball in his hands, 11 yards per catch. Yep. Uh, so the fact he's now involved over Marlon Mack, because remember in that first half, he was on the bench. It was Mack, Hines and then Taylor he wasn't going to play at all unless the game got completely out of hand but now we can probably put him in a clear 50-50 timeshare and we also think he's going to be do better in a 50-50 timeshare if him and Hines were to split touches so I agree with you I love Taylor in this spot and I think that'll be the common conclusion for everyone
2: yeah I mean Reeves it's a don't get cute spot for me same for you
3: yeah, pretty much. I mean, I don't say I think it's hard to talk yourself out of it because it would have been different if we didn't see the catches and we had to project. You know, you know that'd be different. But we saw the six targets in in, in a limited in limited playing time, not over the course of a full game. Uh, with that kind of that just kind of opens the floodgates because if he's got a chance to get fifteen to twenty carries still two, and then be involved in the pass game, I mean that's just it's just too hard to get away from at that price. Because um, we always say like when you have these guys that that are just rushing dependent you can kind of fade these guys in tournaments because they don't score a touchdown. They're not going to pop. I mean, that's not the case now when he's getting six targets. Um, And then, you know, the Vikings were completely, you know, deplorable last week uh, in all facets of defense. So pretty, you know, they gave 176 total yards to the Packers backfield. Um, So, I mean, they're going to get work get worked on here too, as road, road dogs. Uh, It's really hard. I just think it's hard to get away from. And I I would, you just have to swallow it. I think this is one, this is one you just take.
2: I was going to say another guy in this game I'm going to have trouble getting away from is Adam Thielen, somebody that saw a ton of targets last week. Um, You know, Justin Jefferson didn't look all that good. Thielen, the match against the Colts, is it great? No. Is it fine? Yes. And to me, this is the easiest game stack on the planet. You play Taylor on one side, you play Thielen on the other side, and you figure out the rest of your lineup. But Dale, to me, like, am I missing something here? Like, am I just being too simplistic with this?
1: Well, I think that's what's interesting about Taylor's spot is because you can either stack Philip Rivers and T.Y. Hilton with him to diversify your lineup, or perhaps go Philip Rivers, Paris Campbell, and T.Y. Hilton, or just Rivers and T.Y. Hilton and avoid... Taylor although I wouldn't do that because this Vikings defense was exactly what we thought they'd be uh we figured they'd be a farce coming into the year and it turns out they were against Aaron Rodgers allowed 20 of 24 targets against them to be caught they blitzed at the league's fourth highest rate but pressured at the league's lowest rate and then it's actually the same plan of attack in week two Rodgers time from snap to throw was the league's quickest. Philip Rivers' time from snap to throw was the second quickest. So we're going to pretty much see the same thing, and the Colts are an offense you want to buy into. Uh, T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell had the same target share, but it was T.Y. Hilton who had to battle against C.J. Henderson who was really, really good in his debut. Always a super specimen athlete at Florida, but did allow over nine yards per target in his senior year. Although people had questions whether it was that was him just giving poor effort, getting ready for the NFL or not. And he was great in week one. Uh, So I think there was a lot of meat left on the bone for T.Y. Hilton in this game. And so those three players in general are ones I'm looking to diversify my lineups with because they can all go nuts.
2: Okay. So Reeves, do you have anybody here on Minnesota that you like um, outside of Adam Thielen? It really is Thielen or probably nobody for me.
3: Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, you, they only have the ball to two players, so you don't really, you don't really have to get cute. I mean, the the Irv Smith breakout party was definitely postponed. I think it is interesting pivot if you can play the the Colts passing game too, uh, you know, and try to just soak up those touchdowns there and do play against the ownership of Taylor and tournaments, if you want, I mean, and Taylor, I mean, you, you got to play him in cash. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you, you can definitely try to run this back and try to try to just catch the touchdowns in the opposite direction and have Phillip Rivers who threw for the fourth, fourth most yards in week one as well. I mean, the Colts and the Vikings were 32nd and 31st in PPR points allowed per target to opposing wide receivers. Um, so we just have to, we've just got two teams that want to inherently run the football first, which is our problem here. There's a chance this game could pop if there was rational coaching and both teams said, hey, let's attack the biggest weakness each team had in week one, but I don't know if we'll get that. We don't know <laughs> if we can rely on that. Definitely not from the Vikings who threw five first half passes last week, but if they do, and if they are so inclined, they have an advantage because the Colts only allowed a uh, forced one incompletion to Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars passing game a week ago. There's definitely some upside there if the Vikings want to get aggressive. It's just counting on that. I mean it's really tough. I love the Hilton call Hilton. Like now that Car- Paris Campbell has emerged and Paris Campbell ran 95% of his routes in the slot. Uh, Hilton ran 90% of his routes from the boundary, but that's where the Vikings were. I mean, they struggled all together, but those two boundary corners they played were rookie Cameron Dantzler allowed seven catches for 81 yards and a touchdown Holton Hill in his third year allowed seven for 87 and a touchdown. And it wasn't just Devonte Adams beating up on these guys. It was Alan Lazard and Marcus of scantling, had a huge game and left another like, couple plays on the field. It, it was, left like a hundred
1: yards and a touchdown in the field.
3: <laughs> it was everyone. It was, I mean, it was everyone. So I love Hilton here. I wish he was a little bit cheaper, but I mean, you, I mean, you really can't complain. I think that if you're going to, you're, this game has a lot of creativity. I think more so than people say, because I think a lot of people are going to look at it like you yeah. said crane and say, yeah, I can run Taylor and I run him back with Thielen, and that's the most natural game stack. But I think you can do a lot of creative things in this game. And if, and listen, man, Heinz, was he had a touch he had two touchdowns and was involved inside the ten yard line. Like he's also a pivot here. Um he's got he's got upside as well now too. I mean he's just not a guy that's gonna come out and James White it up. Um, it is weird he seeing was involved
1: Hines.
2: so yeah it is weird seeing kind with no projected ownership. I mean the dude just went for 27 fantasy points and he's gotta be five percent owned. I get it. If you're not playing Taylor, like you need to have a piece of this Colts offense. You need to either have Taylor, Hines Hilton or Campbell because somebody, maybe multiple pieces, are going to be going off in this Colts side Vikings. I'm not as in love with it. I don't love the spot for Dalvin Cook, but like I said, Thielen, dagle our boy Reeves. He was making fun of Big Irv. Come on, can't can't Big Irv get here this week? No. Okay, you well, <laughs> can't. On. All right, let's move on then to the Falcons at the Cowboys. It's a 52 and a half point total. Dallas coming off the win against. The Los Angeles Rams, bye-bye Rams. They are four-and-a-half-point favorites at home. And, look, we told you guys last week with two teams, the Panthers and the Falcons, we're going to be talking about these games a lot this year. And uh, guess what? Here we are talking about the Cowboys and Atlanta down there in Jerry World. And this is another game where you're going to need some pieces. Zeke Elliott, phenomenal spot. You can pick any one of these Cowboys receivers and justify it. On the Atlanta side, of course, it's Julio. It's Ridley. It's Hayden Hurst, maybe. It's Todd Gurley. No, thank you. Reeves, where do we start in this game? Because, I mean, there's just so much goodness everywhere
3: here. I mean, we're dodgy star. I mean, it's just pick. We've had be better successful just talking about the guys that we are kind of not wanting to play. All right, That's Noah so- Brown,
2: <laughs> no.
1: Done. <laughs>
3: Yeah. I mean, it's a great spot here for everyone for the Cowboys offense to bounce back, which was great in the first half on Sunday night. And then just completely like went away from everything that they had success in the first half. And started giving a ton of pressures. I mean, who would have known Cam Irving was like an important like cog in the Cowboys wheel uh, when he left that game. <laughs> uh, Dax A. Dot was only six, six and a half yards. Uh, you know, it was almost 10 yards in 2019. Uh, you just too much pressure. It really got to him in the second half of that game. Um, I think it's a great bounce back spot for Michael Gallup. Uh, anyone on the boundary, you know, I was one of these people that was looking for the addition of CD lamb to kind of add more diversity to the Cowboys receivers. And I thought they were going to move these guys around a lot. Maybe they would will when lamb kind of just learns the ropes outside of one position but lamb was just strictly a slot guy and the other guys played outside i mean cooper only was in the slot for 10 percent like 10 percent of his routes um so he's going to be on the boundary i mean that's where you want to that's where you want to go here i mean the that's where the, the falcons struggled in week one their first round pick aj terrell allowed all six of the targets in his coverage for 100 yards and a touchdown isaiah oliver who was awful as a rookie a year ago allowed six eight targets in his coverage uh, for 80 yards and score uh to go down it's 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 dealer's choice man whatever you want to do it's dac whatever receivers you want to do uh zeke has multiple touchdowns in four of his past five games dating back the last year uh, whatever you want to do man dallas is going to get there and get points
2: you know did you see he got the the feed me tattoo did you see this <laughs> i think he might be the same thing D-
1: Please do, Right. Ryan I mean, just just tell me the amount you want to get that tattoo. I mean, just tell t- me
3: that that tattoo is going to come real through, come real good uh, in like twenty five years. He's going to really like that. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to enjoy that one.
2: Yeah, feed me. Yeah, well, luckily for Zeke, he's going to have money to get it removed. So good on him. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, like Reeve said, Daigle, it's almost easier to discuss who we don't want in this game. I'm going to be heavily invested in Ezekiel Elliott. That is. Obviously, nothing earth-shattering. <laughs> I have no problem playing Zeke. with any. Do you know his
1: ownership numbers? Do you have, like, according to of division? Right
2: now, it's at 21%. Um, you know, and, I, and I understand part of that is Jonathan Taylor taking up a lot of ownership. Let's see. Who else do we have taking up a lot of ownership? Of?
1: Because I do like him as a pivot off of the receivers in this game. But then again, if he's going to be that high-owned, it's not even really that unique. Uh, because the
2: whole thing is going to be high-owned, but you have to have it.
1: Yeah. And because for Zeke in particular, Cowboys targeted their running backs at a 19% rate in Mike McCarthy's first game, which was higher than their rate last year to running backs. And Tony Pollard, I know we want it to happen, it just ain't happening. Like 25 touches. 25 touches for Zeke, four touches for Tony Pollard as strictly a handcuff. So I think Zeke is a a really good out to play in this game. Having said that, given these boundary stats that Reeves mentioned, uh, that's why I like Gallup a lot. Like his target share did lack compared to CeeDee Lambs, who finished second on the team behind Damari Cooper. But also we wouldn't be talking about Gallup or being concerned about him if it weren't for that. Penalty call in the final play. So uh, I still am very high on Gallup in this game in particular. You want the Cowboys offense. They were the fastest-paced offense in neutral game script last week against the Rams, despite laying an egg. Yes, the offensive line is worrisome, not just Cam Irving, but even Tyron Smith looks years past his age right now. But even so, they're running fast, and they have a good offense. So it's just a matter of getting unique in the spot.
2: Yeah, right now, Michael Gallup, the only wide receiver between Julio, Ridley, Amari – gallop and cd lamb projected for single digit ownership
1: interesting baby yeah yeah Yeah. oh Oh, no
2: Reeves. we just got a little poke under the table there but excited about that yeah
3: yeah i mean because he was the guy i was kind of gravitating towards anyways i mean listen it's just the way that works there's not enough footballs on a per week basis at the end of the season these guys are all going to have numbers but on a per week basis like there's they're all not going to get off on the same week it's It's just
2: frustrating for me I hate second teams like that it drives me crazy I I mean it's just not going to happen
3: and he was the odd man out last week and I think it was you know probably he was the guy that he was the one I was the most down on last week coming into the matchup but I was looking forward to seeing Dallas move those guys around and they didn't like I said so I mean now that they aren't he ran 100% of his routes on the outside Michael Gallup did so you just look at it and say, yeah, well, he's the DK Metcalf this week. So, all right, we'll, we'll light him up. Uh, yeah, he's the guy um, that I would be definitely interested in here, too. Definitely with Amari, too. I mean, I don't know. I don't, you know, Amari, everyone's going to cite those weird home road splits that Amari has. But I just look at the matchup, and it's just that the matchup itself is, is good. I don't need some home road splits to tell me about Amari Cooper. I, I know that he's going to be going against those two guys we talked about. Ben's
1: Ben's road splits didn't work out on Monday night, so we don't have to worry about road splits. No, 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 no. We don't do that. We
3: don't don't play that game.
1: The pick six (laughs) plays it smarter here.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, you know, and by the way, we didn't really talk about the quarterbacks. Either one of these quarterbacks are fine in this match. I mean, Dak, you know, quarterbacks are never too terribly popular. We're looking at Dak about 10% ownership. I have no problem with that. And he's a really great double stack candidate. You know, you play Dak, you play him with Amari and Gallup, you know, with Gallup and Zeke, however you want to do it, run it back on the other side with Julio or Ridley. And I mean, to me, Dago, this is another one of those where the, you know, the stack kind of builds itself.
1: Uh, What about Uh Hayden Hurst? What do you think about Hayden Hurst? I'm
2: all for the Hayden Hurst train, buddy. Talk talk to me about
1: him. I have an odd theory that either one of Russell Gage or Hayden Hurst will go off with Julio and Calvin every single week. And I just think it happened to be Gage's turn with a similar amount of target, 12, to Julio and Calvin because of Seattle's beefed up secondary and Jamal Adams being one of the better tight end defenders and that just being their strength now that they added a few key pieces in their defense. But Hayden Hurst still ran still led the all tight ends in the league and routes run ran a route on 86% of Matt Ryan's dropbacks and so I understand the concern always was we knew he'd be used but we didn't know if he'd get the target share and it did not happen in week one but the usage was there and I think that's enough to chase him especially in a week where we don't have like George Kittle uh and like some of these other tight ends at the top so I do like going down to Hayden Hurst
2: yeah I have no problem whatsoever. Um with Hayden Hurst and I gotta say it was nice seeing the teams back on the gridiron over the weekend luckily for us though that was just week one and there is no better place to play there's no better place to get in on the action and with DraftKings the leader in daily fantasy sports and to add to this week's excitement DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs if you haven't tried DraftKings yet what are you waiting for? Get on your phone, head to the app store right now. You do not want to miss this. You're going to sweat the games like never before. It is this blast, especially when that currently winnings. You go... <laughs> keeps going up, that always feels nice. It's simple. It's, you know, it's not rocket science like a lot of people think it is. DraftKings, they have paid out over a billion. Yeah, that's billion with a B dollars to winner since 2012. A million of them came to this guy, so I know they're paying out that real money. Uh, download the DraftKings app now. Use promo code DFF for a limited time. New users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on week two NFL action. Enter code DFF to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code DFF only at DraftKings. Make it rain, everybody. All right, let's make it rain with some quarterback talk. We already talked about Dak. We already talked about, you know, some guys in these other games, Tom Brady and his noodle arm. Reeves, I'm going to start with you, brother. (laughs) Are, Are we going back to Aaron Rodgers? Is this going to be a thing moving forward? Where are you going to quarterback?
3: Yeah, I mean, at least, I mean, they'll have to string a, a few of these against some teams that we really care about to really say that Aaron Rodgers is back and the passing game is back, but they're in a very almost identical spot to where they were last week, except for they're at home this week. Um, you know, you look at Aaron Rodgers and he picked on that Vikings defense that had just a litany of changes. Um, he had the most passing yardage on throws over 15 yards or further downfield. Uh, In the NFL in week one, he was winging it. He was winging it around. He looked like a guy like it wasn't just like last year when he picked on the Raiders and threw those touchdowns. And you're just like, whatever, the matchup elevated him like he looked like a guy that was like from from 2014. Uh, And then like I said, it wasn't just leaning on Devontae Adams, although he got his, but you look at this Lions matchup, they get the fourth most passing points in week one to Mitchell Trubisky. They didn't have Jeffrey Okuda. It looks like he's going to play this week, but it's a rookie cornerback going against the best wide receiver now that is playing in the NFL. Uh, they lost Desmond Trufant. Justin Coleman was put on IR, both with hamstring injuries. Daryl Roberts, who filled in that game, also is out today. Uh, they are really limping into this game in the secondary. And it's just going to be a spot where Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to light these guys up. Again, you know, we would like Kenny Galladay to be active in this game, to run it back and keep uh, some action going on the other side for the Lions to put some points up. But Aaron
2: Aaron Rodgers oh, is uh, in
3: Yeah, Marvin happy hey, he, listen, Marvin Jones is out there. Everyone that burned by Marvin Jones, he ran a route on 100 of the team dropbacks, and it just didn't happen. What do you? Know? He ran a guy over. You didn't get points for that, but uh, he did sure. truck. A, he, he trucked the guy. But yeah, Mar- I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers is a great play again, man. I think I I think he's a great season a seasonal pickup too. I know we don't really do a lot of that in the show, but uh, he, three, he three of his next five games are against the the Lions, uh, the Texans, and the Falcons. Like. If, he, if someone didn't draft him or he just skated through in your league, I mean, I'm willing to see where it's at at the start of the season with those with those kind of matchups.
2: Yeah. And of course, you could run it back with uh, T.J. Gronkinson, too. I love me some, uh, some T.J. Hawkinson. He's he, you talk about a guy in season long. He's on all my season long team. So I was happy last week. Um, Dega, what quarterbacks are you looking at this week?
1: Yeah, Marvin Jones actually is a good pivot uh, from Quintus Cephas, too, because of the 10 targets everyone will cite for much cheaper. Uh, I doubt, given the results, that many would play Marvin Jones in that case if Galladay's out. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't be the pick six if we didn't talk about Mitchell Trubisky, right? Because... He's in the same spot against the Giants. We were having such
2: a good show in here. That just allowed
1: a sluggish and old big Ben to steal rear back and throw three scores and 220 yards against them. Uh, We are not worried about the Giants pass rush. I know they got there on Ben, but again, they were missing two offensive linemen and then one of their starters, the third string went down mid game. Uh, So Trubisky was bad. Don't get me wrong through three quarters, but he ended up getting there in the end. So I wish we would have seen more rushing juice only had three carries, but I do like Trubisky in this spot. And if you want to talk about overlapping lives here, Trubisky plays the Falcons next week. So we may be forced to talk Uh-oh. about both of them yet again next week. Oh, uh, come <laughs> on. I will play me. I'll play anybody. against. Dagle, I'd play you against
2: the Falcons. I wouldn't do that. Don't take it. Do people, it. Yeah. Are
3: people playing Josh Allen this week? I hope not.
2: Nobody plays Josh Allen ever. You notice no. this like. Like week 14, he starts to get popular. This has been the last two seasons. And early in the season, nobody ever plays the dude, even though all he does is score fantasy points.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you look at too how they used him in Week One, I mean, one he had the the, the most dropbacks of his career, and was second in the NFL, and part of that was you know part of the Jets, and we're going to see a lot of that from the Jets this season. I mean, the Jets are just hell bent on stopping the run, even though they have the worst one of the worst secondaries in the league. Uh, but seeing both Bills guys pop up, uh, Stephon Diggs and John Brown leading the league in routes run was something that's like, oh, I didn't didn't really think that was going to happen in Week One, but then they utilized them. On, not only did they have him drop back a ton, he used play action at the highest rate of his career. And threw for eight and a half yards in play action compared to five and a half yards without. And then, you know, he's just just absolutely dominated this matchup against the Dolphins. I mean, he's had – he's been the QB2, the QB1, the QB7, and the QB1 in four career games against the Dolphins. Now, does the game that happened two years ago against the Dolphins mean anything? No, it doesn't. But the Dolphins just also allowed 75 rushing yards to Cam Newton, too, who is kind of very – you know, they're kind of – kind of some more fantasy assets um so i mean you talk about designed runs and, and getting usage so i mean uh, i hope that no one really wants to play josh allen the best part about josh allen too is you don't even have to play him with anybody always like you can always play him on on his own i think ryan Tannehill is a good play too this week
2: oh i was not expecting you to go to ryan Tannehill, but now that we have ryan Tannehill, it's travisky and season long congratulations we have hit bingo let's move on to running backs <laughs> and you know there was one other top running back we didn't talk about earlier and it's somebody that is playing a team that had the best, biggest upset of week one, the Titans at home against the Jaguars. Derrick Henry, 7.9K. It's going to be over 20%. I fully understand that the Jaguars won last week. They beat the Colts, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. I fully expect them, once again, Dagle, to get stomped. And I expect them to get stomped by Derrick Henry running right up the middle into the end zone.
1: The sneaky part about Derrick Henry, too, is that there may be a ceiling to this offense. We didn't know about because they ran 78 plays against the Broncos, which was 20 more than what they averaged last year, 58, which was a uh, extremely odd. So if we're talking about more plays potentially for Tennessee, then we have to mention that Derrick Henry also over his career has averaged 16.6 carries over five yards per carry, six yards per touch and 1.2 touchdowns in eight career games against the Jaguars. And he's fresh off 34 touches against the Broncos and hundred percent of the back of the running back touches in that game for Tennessee. So Derrick Henry ceiling and floor, I, I understand that we do worry about him being touchdown dependent, but it just does seem like an explosion game for him. Yeah, and then
2: I, go, ahead. go ahead. No, no, no. I was just saying, I am definitely not worrying about him not catching enough passes because the dude just gets in the, in the end zone.
1: And then another one I do like, I don't know what kind of ownership he's going to carry, but it seems like we've already forgotten about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire since he played the first game before Sunday. And just the fact that it was encouraging, he saw 100% of the team's touches inside the 10 over Darrell Williams. Yes, he didn't get in the end zone, but it doesn't matter when he's getting that that kind of opportunity and handling 25 of 34 running back touches. So there's a 30-touch ceiling for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire that we didn't realize would exist in week two. So he's more like one of the best plays on the entire slate. It's just a matter of what his ownership will come in at.
2: Yeah, I mean, right now we're looking at 11% ownership for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And if he's going to be that lone, especially the way he catches passes and get the goal line looks, I have no problem with that. At all. Reeves, where are you looking at it running back?
3: Yeah, we, we covered a lot of the bases of the big backs. Um, I think Kenyon Drake is pretty interesting this week. You know, a lot of people will look at thinking that he just didn't fully dominate the backfield. And he didn't compared to what he did towards the end of the season. But it's like every other backfield uh, in the NFL, basically. He still played 70% of snaps. He had two-thirds of the backfield touches. Uh, we know he's in, he's going to run more pass routes. We know he is the goal linebacker. Uh, and you've got another big home favorite. So I don't, I think he might go overlooked a little bit. Um, and then I, I guess if the James Conner doesn't play, we have to at least talk about Benny Snell. I don't know. Uh, I definitely think Benny Snell's big picture, like waiver wire, like outlook has been way oversold this week. But if it's a one game fill in, uh, there's as a home favorite, I mean, there's at, at, at that kind of pricing, you might entertain it. Uh, the problem with him is just like last year, even for as good as he looked in the second half of that game, uh, they went right to Jalen Samuels anytime it was time to run a running back out of the backfield in a pass route. So, I mean, that's the one hang up there. But, uh, yeah, that pretty. We pretty much covered all the big dogs. I don't think it's a week to get cute at running back. It's yeah, pretty yeah. out. It's pretty much out there for you.
1: Mini Snell will be chalked though. Like if it's forty five hundred and like you know Antonio Gibson or Boston Scott, however you went. Like I think you can actually avoid it anyhow. Like the Broncos just allowed Derrick Henry three point seven yards per carry, three point eight yards for touch. I know it was one game, but Fangio, although he's bad with timeouts, can scheme it up on the different side of the ball. So I think. That uh, Benny Snell is someone I'll definitely be avoiding if he becomes the chop.
2: Yeah, he's going to be about 30% owned. So I have no problem with that. Yeah, like last week, I felt, good. <laughs> you know, guys, I said, I want to stack up the Panthers Raiders game with the 62 points, and I had zero Boston Scott. You would think I did well. Here we are, though. Um,
3: <laughs> you mentioned. Oh, when today. Bryce Love was out, when Bryce Love was inactive, I just jammed in Hill you know, Gibson everywhere.
2: Yeah, well, he's uh, somebody. I'm going back to this week. <laughs> and, i'm uh, really going back to him this week and maybe at the running back position where there's so many strong plays that's a mistake i have to imagine though against arizona he's going to see more than two targets and to me this is a guy that everybody wanted to play last week the price is still stagnant at 4.3k i i have no problem going back to gibson this week my nuts
1: well the good news is that uh 18 touches two two yards per carry um and uh Peyton Barber, this is not the game script for him. You would imagine it would be Antonio Gibson game script. Although JD McKissick hung around and ran more routes. So. Yeah. yeah.
3: I mean, Barber didn't get, I mean, Barber's overall carries look a lot different than how that game played out. Uh, Cause he had 10 carries in the fourth quarter. Uh, You know, it was kind of a hodgepodge of the three guys before that. And, and Gibson looked good in the first half and he had, he had one goal line carry didn't convert it. And then we didn't see him again for us. The game says melt the clock with, with, uh, Peyton Barber. Cause his carries are like kneel downs.
2: Yeah. That's not going to be this game, by the way, are we going back to the Washington football team defense?
3: Um, they're in play, but I think the problem is you have a more mobile quarterback, you know, I mean the 49ers got home last week. They had 12 pressures. They only got two sacks. Um, so, I mean, you got a guy gotta that a little more mobility to escape some of those, uh, that pass rush, but I think the pass rush is going to get home again, for sure.
2: Yep, I have no problem. All right. Let's talk some wide receivers. Dagle. You know, we talked about a lot of the guys that we're going to like, that Atlanta-Dallas game. Guess what? Everybody's going to like those guys. You know, we talked about Juju last week a little bit. I like him once again against Denver. I mean, where are you going at the wide receiver position this week?
1: Uh, I'll just play the hits and say let's go back to Mike Williams, who is not a running joke. Like, it really is a good spot. I mean, it's not uh, – It's been so, a good spot for three years. So Mike. So, Mike Williams <laughs> – Fifth most air yards last week, 10th highest target share in the entire league. And we should expect Tyrod Taylor, who averaged the second most air yards per attempt in week one, that to continue since you go back to 2018, his most recent starts before this, and he averaged 9.9 air yards per attempt. So he's a deep thrower, and we expect him to have the ball more against Kansas City's offense since it's likely being negative game script. So I do think Mike Williams, I know it's a running joke on the show, but I do think Mike Williams is in a good spot. He'll get end zone targets and then we'll talk about him again. Whenever he doesn't score next week.
2: Yeah. yeah. Let's see who do they play next week. Let me guess. It's going to be a great spot. <laughs> I don't know With that. Every freaking... Definitely
1: be a great spot. It's know? just unbelievable.
2: It's a, this, this is a like, perpetual great spot. I used to tell my wife when I played poker full time, I said, no, it's a great spot. I'm going to go. And she goes, Oh my God, that's what you say when you're about to lose money. I feel like this is Mike Williams. That's
1: what like you it's... say. Whenever you stack the Panthers Raiders passing game. Exactly. No, It's a great
2: spot. I swear. Here we are. And, um yeah, not good. All right, Reeves, what wideouts are you looking for? Not named Mike Williams.
3: I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to do anything cute here. I'm going to play Devontae Adams until they price him to where Michael Thomas was last year. I'm just yeah. going to do it until until he gets to there. I mean, he's he's wide receiver Christian McCaffrey, man. Like it's, it's money in the bank. I mean, the, the amount of targets and just a uh, surplus of opportunity he sees it's uh, until he gets to like nine, five and like, a pro, like, I'm not, I'm just going to put him in. I don't even care. I'll work around it. And you've got a ton of options this week to do it. I mean, you can play Deontay Johnson, you can play Christian Kirk, all these guys, these low price guys that are fine, like uh, you know, ancillary piece guys. I mean, Deontay Johnson, if he wasn't priced where he is, I mean, he'd be a guy that I would want to fade uh, against the public just because he gets no end zone targets and he doesn't get deep targets. And even his eight out last week was six yards. Um, the guy is more talented than the way he's used. And I know he made some mistakes on Monday night, but uh, the Steelers haven't really unleashed him like an actual like real full fledged wide receiver yet. And uh, until that happens, I think that his ceiling is a little lower than what people cite his target share and percent of team air yards and stuff like that is. Um, I think he's a lower ceiling than, than most believe he does. But at four or five, I mean, if the dude, if a dude get, gets eight to ten targets against a secondary that's banged up that couldn't stop Corey Davis, I mean, he's probably going to get home. <laughs> uh, Christian Kirk was thrown to the Lambs, uh, the Wolves last week, uh, the Richard Sherman Wolves. He ran 80% of his routes at right wide receiver. Uh, the 49ers amazingly didn't realize till three and a half quarters that the Arizona was just going to keep throwing the same pass to DeAndre Hopkins on the other side of the field Uh, and amazingly didn't realize that. And then before they finally started moving Sherman over there, because Hopkins only had one target in Sherman's coverage. Um, But yeah, I think a lot of people are pivoting over there. I think a lot of people are on the Christian Kirk thing and understanding what happened. Uh, The problem is the like Mike Williams, Christian Kirk was a regular in this segment a year ago. And we'll see, we'll put this, we'll put to this, put this to the test early on. The Mike Williams, Christian Kirk, uh, bounce-back spots. Uh, yeah, or will let's, they just...
2: see, let's see if Kobe Cleaner's available to jump on the show. Right,
3: the ahead. the buy-low guys that are the weekly buy-low guys. We need uh, uh Frisco, Josh. Can we redact them in week two? Because I think if they
2: don't, uh, they might be permanent
3: redact. Ike
1: Williams, Christian Kirk, and Mitchell Trubisky should host this show every week. <laughs>
2: yeah. Boy, that's um... – <laughs> no, thank you. Um, there's one guy that – and look, this match was terrible. It's a
1: crane take?
2: I got a, I got a crane right Oh, here. this
1: is what I come here for.
2: Okay, and this guy is going to see double-digit targets. This guy is going to be under 5% owned. This guy is going to be in a heavy passing game script. And he's got huge upside. The matchup's brutal. But Will Fuller at home against the Ravens, he's 6.3K. I mean, you talk about a guy, if you can get a guy under 5% owned, that's got 30-point upside in a matchup like this. Again, not a great matchup. But that's the reason he's so low, and we've right. seen these wide receivers, especially these big play guys. It only takes them a few times to get there, and I, I don't know, Reeves. I see you shaking your head, yes. So maybe it's not as crazy as I think it is.
3: Well, I think just the, your logic is is there. I, I mean, I can cite a bunch of numbers and tell you why it's a terrible play. But I, look, I, I
2: mean, he's not yeah. a bad play
3: exactly exactly no so I mean that's I mean I'm not even gonna really push back on it because you said like you've got a guy that is gonna still have even in a bad matchup it's gonna have a high target
2: share uh
3: and he's I, just one play man one play
2: and, and as we, we know, know volumes king and like this is a spot where again it's not great if you want to play Lamar run it back I'm not sure you need to do that with Lamar but I mean you can play Will Fuller either way Houston's gonna have to air it out here
1: and as we know Deshaun Watson's Yards per attempt, 7.7, and 7 neutral game script increases to 8.4 when the Texans are trailing. So, uh, I do worry about this offense. The play calling and the coaching in general, as it's always been, was extremely bad against the Chiefs. But then again, Will Fuller still got there in week one, no matter that. So, of course, Will Fuller. Where else are they going
2: to go with the ball? Nowhere. I mean, Jordan Akins. Okay, exactly. I'm kidding.
1: I'm kidding. Okay. Okay. Don't, don't
2: worry. Here comes Randall Cobb again. Like, it's, just, I mean, Will Fuller is going to get like 12 to 15 targets here and be 3% on and people are going to be mad at themselves. And look, even if he doesn't get there with that kind of target share at that ownership, I'm going to willing to roll the dice. Um, Reeves, we're done a little bit early, man.
3: Anything? Wanna... side's pretty good on that too. That what? The Raven side's pretty good in that game too.
2: Well, here, let's talk about this. Cause we didn't really touch on it running backs and I actually meant to the JK Dobbins, Mark Ingram thing. Mark Ingram had a couple extra carries than Dobbins last week. I mean, How long before Dobbins takes this job?
1: I mean, he did out-snap Mark Ingram in week one, but, again, that was a big game script where they benched their starters through the fourth quarter. Uh, So, you know, I I still have a lot of Dobbins. Again, we don't talk about this much in season long, because I think it's much sooner than people realize. But we saw that Dobbins at least cut into – Gus Edwards touch share and snap rate in week one. And that's, that's what we could hope for. So this is another game script that we think as big home favorite or big favorites in general, that we think Dobbins will be involved. Um, Also in this game, Mark Mark Andrews, who I know it's not a hot take to have him, but just that he had never played more than 57%. I tweeted this out earlier this week, a snap rate in his entire career until this one game this week, and that's of course without Hayden Hurst on the team anymore. And he played seventy one percent of the Raven snaps in a game in which again they benched their starters in the fourth quarter. So it's to the moon with Mark Andrews for the rest of the year.
2: Yeah, maybe we'll just play a little Deshaun Watson underdog underdog quarterbacks at home. I know Reeves, thats the thing. Come on, he's got the Konami code on throwing all the Reevesisms out there. Come on, uh, come on, Reeves. Come on. I know.
3: Listen, it's the same thing with Wolfuller, like. Uh, You know, I'm such a robot. I just see, like, this is such a terrible spot. And that last year when they played, he had the fewest amount of fantasy points he's ever scored in his career. Uh the Ravens have just been so good defensively, especially since they got Marcus Peters. I mean, it's it's How hard to time
2: Deshaun as a thing. Will
3: Fuller, you can talk me into because it's one play. Deshaun Watson, I think he needs a
1: lot of plays to get there. <laughs>
3: our, our <laughs>
1: quarterback. Not that I'm defending the Watson pick, but we did think coming into the year that the Ravens were due for defensive regression. And like I don't think we can rule that out just because they played Baker Mayfield. But boy, you want to talk about someone who looks awful. Like that, that game, like we can't even really count Baltimore's defense, although they were really good. I, I agree. It was
2: great. The other day I'm listening to uh, one of the – a radio show, and they were doing the Hulu Has Live sports read. And they do – and watch your favorite quarterbacks like Baker May – and they just start cracking up on air. It was phenomenal. It might have been the greatest read I've ever heard because your favorite player like Baker May – and they just all laughed. It was, it was great.
3: I mean the Ravens just pick up dudes though, and they're amazing. I mean Patrick Queen was awesome. Clayus Campbell's out here dropping into coverage and forcing interceptions. What is? I mean the, the Ravens just. I mean that they, they just do a great job, man, of retooling and, and making this happen. I mean maybe they eventually do Mister Earl Thomas, and something happens, you know, in season. But at that point, I just assume they'll just trade for
2: another guy. That's I'm just, just going to play Lamar. <laughs> Lamar and Will Fuller this week and call in let's hope so lamar's
3: week really reminds me of patch problems week last year Remember when everyone's like the regression's gonna happen and mahomes just tore up the jaguars and then this this year lamar is still in, the, in week one led all quarterbacks in yards per attempt and touchdown rate just where
2: he left off
3: uh, but
1: but that first competitive game script for the ravens you better have lamar jackson because oh, it's going man. to be fireworks
2: yeah. All right, guys. Before we get off here, do not forget you can try Grinders' Core Four Premium subscription at a discount. Go to uh, www.rotogrinders.com/media/pick6. Go to the Pick Six page because that means that you like us more than everybody else, and we appreciate that. It gets you five percent or five bucks off your first month. Uh, we got to get off here, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in, Reeves Dago. Thank you for joining me. I'm Eric. Good luck in your contest this week, everybody. We will catch you later. Peace.